Engaged and Inspired Podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired Podcast. This is DJ Sam from Atmosphere Productions. And this is Kia from Engaged Connecticut. Well, you know what day it is. It's Wednesday, and I'm sure you have a tip. Right, Sam? Oh, of course I do have a wedding tip Wednesday. Wedding tip Wednesdays are available on the Be Engaged and Inspired Facebook group page. Please join it, and you'll see a new one every Wednesday. And this Wedding Tip Wednesday is about contracts. Our joy. Of contracts. The joy. Please <laughs> read them. Yes. Don't just sign on the dotted line. Go through every point and read them and make sure you understand what the contract is about. You can absolutely ask questions, too. I mean... We love it when you ask questions. I, because I then, then we know that you actually read the, the contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And also, another thing you can add on to it. Well, I figure we might as well just talk about this segment. I mean, talk about this topic completely. Let's do it. Okay, so when you're going to sign a contract, first of all, I know for my side as a planner and also as a person who manages venues, I have venue contracts that are significantly longer because they say things like, no, you may not nail a nail into whatever wall you would like to. and Or staples. Staples, or you can't duct tape a sandalier up onto the thing. Somebody has to actually have a ladder. <laughs> and it's different than on the planning side of it. But one of the biggest questions I always see is like, who's the contract actually with? So when you have a client, you actually, Sam, have your clients. It's with bride and bride, bride and groom, groom and groom. It's who actually the clients are. They're the ones who can make the decisions. Absolutely. We will have bride and groom's first and last name. If they would like their parents to pay, that's fine. But the parents' names will also go on the contract as well. They become part of the contract as well. Now, do they get to make changes to the contract as the parents? The parents, mm -hmm. they, they can certainly request changes <laughs> to the body of the contract, but the uh, name, the address, the phone number, the date, time, location, those things are, are changeable for every event, obviously. But the body of the contract has already been created by our lawyer, and it was done specifically to protect not only us, obviously, because we are the vendor, but also to protect the bride and the groom mm -hmm. so that they, they have repercussions if we do something silly and stupid or negligent. Yes. That's why sometimes when people are like, oh, it's going to be my you know best friend's younger brother's sister or somebody, I don't know, who's going to come and do photos. And they're like, we don't need a contract with them. And I say, even if they're a family member or the friend of a family, you still need a contract. And that's that difference between a professional and a hobbyist. And they may not have a contract or their contract might not actually be anything remotely legit because <laughs> it happens. And we've seen those. Yes, I've read many of them. So obviously we should read the fine print. Not that I have a lot of fine print. I'm sure you don't actually have tons of fine print. All the text is the same font. Which is like font size 37 if you're <laughs> dealing me, with Sam. Because I can't see. <laughs> uh, we do that specifically. So there is no small print whatsoever. Everything is written out in the contract in, uh, I think, eight different uh, specific points. Mm -hmm. And the, our lawyer who did the contract has specifically said that changes should not be made to the body of the contract unless they're both signed by myself 
and the person who's, who wants to make the change. One of the, the, the things that I have in my contract that uh, a lot of people like to change, and I have no problem with it, is the photographs. Mm-hmm. I specifically put in my contract that I can use your image for promotional and marketing purposes. Yes. That way, I'm, I'm allowed to ask the photographer to borrow the pictures, post on Facebook. Uh, or Give credit or, where credit is due. Absolutely. I credit all my photographers. And if you don't want that as the client, you can cross that part off, initial it, and I will initial it as well. And we'll make sure that uh, there are no pictures taken by us or borrowed from the photographer and used for marketing. Really simple. So it's sort of a little bit funny because one of our venues, we do have the right to take photos ourselves, and we give them the option of they can ask to have a photo removed that has anybody in it who they don't want. But sort of some of the how we set the venue up, um, some of those detailed shots and things like that, we still have the right to share them because they're in our space. But we make it really clear if there's ever a photo that somebody's unhappy with, we're, we're happy to take that down. Oh, absolutely. And we don't post pictures of children. Anybody yep. that's under 18, you won't see anywhere on our website. Or if you do, you may see the back of them. But if the child's face is showing, we never post that's that a, unless, unless we have permission from the bride and the groom or from the parents. So typically, I try to stay away. If I'm taking a, a picture of the bride and the groom, I'll stay away from if there's children there, I'll try to not take it. Oh, understandable. One of the things when you said about making changes is the fact that both of you are initialing it. Um, We have sometimes when people, obviously, you sign a contract almost a year out and something might have changed. So we have like an amendment that can be signed and attached and done that way. Um, If we have any changes, like especially at our venues, uh, we have it written into our contracts that we do have the right to make changes. We can't make changes on your price point, but because we are a functioning space that is constantly changing, you know, we may add in an extra window somewhere or we may change the floor plan a little bit because those are things that we have to do to keep maintaining the space and also to keep up with all of the fire marshal rules, occupancy rules, things like that. Those aren't anything that's going to affect you significantly at all, but we do like to say it in our contract. And you don't have any choice in those matters. Absolutely not, because our choice is to either do it or they shut us down, (laughs) which would be worse. So that's, you know, you can flip a coin. And speaking about the pictures, the the opposite of that, and and I recently, I I won't embarrass uh, my client, but they recently got divorced. Mm -hmm. And I was sent an email you know, please, we prefer if you don't use our pictures from our wedding on your... That makes sense, too. ...on your um, uh, your website. So... Things happen. Things happen. We have to we have to honor what the bride and groom... Uh, uh, there are clients, even if uh, it's two or three years down the road, mm-hmm. or even five. Hey, and I used to post a five-year uh, congratulations on my Facebook <laughs> until a photographer said, oh, they're not married anymore. Oh, yep. No, so that I, definitely ruins the joy of that post that day. So I stopped doing that. But one of the things about fine print that I have seen sometimes, I've seen in some venues and some caterings, um, they have said that they have up to 30 days to change pricing. And some of that has to do with what your menu is. Because if it's market value of, say, like fish or shrimp, that I understand is a change. But I don't like the wording sometimes. So I'm a little bit forceful um, with some venues about how that's phrased. I always say, like, the market value of, sure. say, you know, crab legs or 
right. whatever you're having. But I know that a few years ago when gas prices were basically at almost over $5 or close to $5 a gallon, very high, there was a lot of vendors who all of a sudden yeah. were changing their delivery costs, changing their mileage oh, yeah. cost. And, and that's understandable. And on our contracts, it states that if it goes above like 375 for more than 30 <laughs> days... <laughs> um, there's just a very slight increase of like 5% because obviously everybody's traveling out and that mostly has to do with when we have to take our trucks and bring furniture. Right, but you see, I play devil's advocate on that because I, when the prices for gas went up, I never changed my prices. I never mm-hmm. did anything because when the prices went back down and they were cheap, I didn't change my prices then either. Nope, that that makes sense too. Mine is only when we're doing the delivery. So when you're helping General Eclectic, you know, put in 22 church pews into a gigantic truck, oh, of course. that changes their delivery costs Absolutely. significantly. Absolutely. For my staff, you know, we're, call, we're carpool. It's yeah. okay. So one of the things that people always talk about is the deposit or yes. the retainer. I call it still a non-refundable deposit, even though I've been told over and over again that I should call it a retainer. Because you're securing your date and you're making a payment towards your final payment, I guess. Lawyer terms, again, it makes absolutely no difference because anybody can sue you for whatever. Mm -hmm. The term should be a retainer or a down payment. Correct. Because those are the terms that are used by lawyers in order to uh, have what's called a non-refundable item. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're retaining somebody, it's assumed that you're going to finish paying them. Yes. If you have a down payment, again, it assumes that you're going to finish the down payment. So on my contracts, they're called down payments. What is typically your down payment? Okay. I usually do things in thirds. Okay. So I have a $600 down payment. Mm-hmm. And that's paid within seven days of the contract being signed. So I'm kind of old school. Even though I email the contract to the client, I will still give them that time period of seven days in order to make the payment. Okay. And payments are so now easy. Literally, a client booked yesterday, and a couple of hours after I emailed the contract, the contract was back to me with a payment through PayPal. Yes. There's no need for that seven days, and I might think about changing it. But at the moment, that's what I have. Then there's a second payment 90 days prior to the event, which means it's three months away from the big day. And that's when things usually start happening where you have to start uh, making payments to other (laughs) vendors. Uh, And also for me, I need to start working on the music or if you need introductions, lighting, all this type of stuff. So that's typically why I do that because that's when my work typically starts. And then the final payment is due 30 days prior to the event. And again, that's done because we don't want to have to go chasing the bride and the groom on the day of the wedding trying to get our money. Uh, We used to do it seven days prior, and we found so much confusion with that because so many other vendors asked for payments Mm -hmm. seven days. So we decided 30 days. That means that we don't have to rush or chase the bride on the day of the wedding reception. That's a really valid point, too, because you don't want to... I mean, I hate going to parents and saying, hi, there's a vendor who's here who says that you have not paid for them yet. Um, And I understand sometimes it's like somebody's making a delivery and some vendors don't actually want to be paid until they drop off whatever it is, like a donut wall or something like that. But most professional people who do this every single weekend, literally the last thing we want you to think about is... Pulling out your check, or if you even have a checkbook, having your parents pull out a checkbook, your credit card, or making sure you have enough cash to hand over. And it's just an uncomfortable 
It just shouldn't be the focus of your wedding day at all. Absolutely. And again, I'll play devil's advocate. Uh, Some clients might say, well, what happens if you don't show up on on the day? That's why we have a contract. (laughs) The contract tells you. (laughs) A, the contract, if you read it, would have told you what's going to happen if you don't show up. And for me personally, I take it very personally. I have never missed an event in the 40 plus years that I've uh, been doing this. I've been sick and I've had backups, but I take it as a, as a, as a pride that I'm going to be there mm-hmm. on the day and that I have backups. And if I can't make it, there will be somebody else there. So I don't even consider the fact that I'm not even going to be there because my contract is strong. And I know if something disastrous happen, I'm going to give you money back because yes. I have a money back guarantee to my clients. If at the end of the event, you look at me and you say, I didn't have fun, I'll give you money back. Okay, well, now everybody knows how to get their money back. No, I'm kidding, because everybody's going to have fun. Well, as a planner, my contracts are a little bit different. I try to make sure, because I know everybody has all of these other payment plans um, to all different vendors, I try to be on an opposite day. Yeah. And I'll even say to them, let's let's work. Let's let's put down this amount of money, and let's spread it out this way. Typically, I say you have to 10 days prior. I can just send you an online invoice. Yeah. You can take care of it. When you're working with our venues, it's a little bit different because it's such a large scale. It's a final huge payment. Their last payment is due 10 business days prior in the form of a bank check because we know when you go and run you know, a few thousand dollars through your debit card or even your credit card, sometimes banks panic because all of these last minute transactions, even though you know that they're not last trans last minute transactions, the bank doesn't. it does not. And it can delay things. And that's super embarrassing and a stress that you don't need as a couple at all. Yep. Always say like, oh, look, my DJ needs it, you know, 90 days out. Is it okay if I pay you 60 days out? Yes. And you're allowed that's to good. have that conversation. And you should if that's yeah. what makes you more comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about all those fun clauses, military clauses, courtesy clauses, exit plans, things like that. Cancellation clauses. Oh, cancellation clauses. Yes, one of those ones too. So. We'll be right back. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. When your wedding entertainment has to have amazing music, be fun, organized, and professional, your choice has to be Atmosphere Productions. DJs, live musicians, custom lighting, and photo booths. As seen on the TLC TV series, Four Weddings, winner of the Wedding Wire Couples Choice Award and DJ Times DJ of the Month. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www www.atmosphere-productions.com Hi, this is Marty Q, and I always listen to DJ Sam and Kia on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast, available free on iTunes or Google Podcasts. You should listen in too. Do you like goats? Do you like farms? Want to get married at a goat farm? Bradley Mountain Farm, located in Southington, Connecticut, is the perfect location for your wedding. Choose from a lakeside or field ceremony. From intimate gatherings of 25 up to 300 tented, Bradley Mountain Farm is the perfect venue. Find us online at engagedct.com. Now, back to Be Engaged and Inspired with your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Welcome back to Be Engaged and Inspired. Sam and I are talking about the nitty-gritty of contracts. Contracts, that wonderful word. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the clauses that I have, and I'm sure you do too, is a military clause. Yes. Um, Obviously, these people are supporting our country and they're serving, and sometimes unexpected things happen, like they get deployed 
um, or they have a change in their plans. And this can come after they've already started to plan their wedding. Yes. And that can be frightening. And the reason for a military clause is that it allows you to be able to move your date around without being punished, um, which I think is really important. It also allows us to be able to make changes, open up, back up your date. If you're being deployed, you know, obviously we do like to see your deployment paperwork because that's how a military clause works. And we work around when you're coming back and hopefully we can continue planning so you have like a great surprise when you come home. A good surprise. A good Um, surprise, yes. If you are being sort of deployed and moved out of state and it's just going to change your plans completely, then it's a conversation that we sit down. One of the most important things is always to just to be direct and honest with your uh, your vendors. Absolutely. Because it allows us to know the best way to help you. And for us, our military clause allows uh, my clients to change the date up to a year in advance from the original date. As long as that date, date is available. Right? As long as it's available, uh, we will move the date lock, stock, and barrel to the new date but you obviously have to be in the military for us to do that and typically we don't charge you anything additional for uh, moving to that date Mm. if you're not in the military we can move it to the new date but you lose your deposit for the date that's gone by and we'll keep the same price but we'll just move it to the new date there's a lower deposit that we ask for but we'll just move it to a new the new date if you want to do that as long as you cancel and rebook that's the most important thing which leads us to the next thing (laughs) if maybe if you don't want to rebook um if something has happened say a life change plan you're not getting married anymore possibly found a different vendor that you know you maybe you just weren't connecting um and that happens sometimes it, it does i think i see it sometimes um especially with couples when they start to interact a lot with say their photographers or their hair and makeup people um, or even their planners sometimes you know it's not the right match and you don't realize that when you're in that first glowy happy everybody's booking and (laughs) the wedding's going to be amazing and like i said life changes sometimes people decide hey i'm going to cancel my wedding and try to make the best of the situation Or Um, or go to vegas or go to vegas eloping which, you know, is a whole different topic. Um, one of the things to consider is what is your exit plan? You, that's why you can read, you should read the entire contract yep. to make sure. A lot of times there's deadlines, especially for caterers. They have a point where it's a point of no return. Yep. They've ordered food. There's nothing they can do. Even if they try to, say, book another wedding for that day, the odds that they're going to be the exact same food, it's it's not and the same thing comes with like florists but i'm sure people are thinking well you're just a dj sam you're not actually you know you haven't booked anything right (laughs) uh, of course our days are our inventory Mm -hmm. therefore uh, once a date is booked we turn away all clients i'm a a single operator i do have one of the dj that works with me but most people are asking for me personally so well you are a joy to work with oh thank you Uh, So it's like going to the supermarket and you buy that last uh, tub of milk Mm -hmm. off the shelf. It's gone. You can't resell it again. So if the date gets canceled, we have a clause 90 days prior to the event is the last opportunity that you have in order to cancel. Uh, You will get a refund if you've paid the entire balance. But the deposit will be held as a retainer. Mm -hmm. And a retainer is for the things that we've done. We give you access to our website. We give you all our tools. You've had meetings. Yes. And even if we don't have meetings, the uh, tips and suggestions that we pass on to them are proprietary. They're Mm -hmm. things that we've used in our 40 years experience that we pass on to our clients. So that's why we hold a retainer. 
If you cancel after the 90 days or uh, within that time period before your wedding, the final balance is due. Uh, simply saying, that date is our inventory. And it's your we, product. We can't rebook within 90 days. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I have never actually, now that I'm thinking back, I don't think I've ever rebooked a wedding that is canceled. As a planner, I had a few years ago um, a couple. They were great very sweet very very young sort of came had lots of meetings and things and there was just a few little considerations and the bride finally came forward and said I, i'm not going through with this and her parents came to us and said hey what's our best way to move forward mm -hmm. so first of all we didn't refund them their deposit yep. or their retainer but we did say look you guys were within this many dates as long as you pay for the things that we purchased for we're, we're happy to break free because we know this is Fair super enough. stressful yes now when they were working with the venue the venue had enough time to go and rebook because the food hadn't been ordered and hadn't done anything. And so because the venue was able to book another wedding because it was about 180 days still out when this decision was made, they were able to not get back their retainer part of it, but right. they were not due any of those additional payments. Exactly. But this is one of these things that a lot of clients, I mean, a lot of yeah, clients do. They panic because it's a difficult situation. And instead of having a conversation, they wait until it's much further. And you're, you've passed additional dates. You've passed additional deadlines. Yeah. And it's harder to come back from that. The trick is, if there is a trick to, to this at all, is communicating with your vendor. With me personally, I, I will work whatever arrangements mm -hmm. that there are. Because just because it says so in the contract doesn't mean to say that I can't adjust the contract and write an additional addendum to that. So I'm going to work with my clients as best as possible. But you need that honesty and you need that communication. Uh, exactly. You, you cannot just call me the, the Friday before the wedding and say, look, we've canceled the event, but we also want our money back as well. Mm -hmm. Because that ain't going to happen. Nope. And one of the other things to think about is that you know as you said your dates are your inventory but for myself i have staff i have staff who yep. i i have you know some college interns who may have taken a day off from work Absolutely. to come and work with us that day for experience and for payment and everything else i still have to cover them yep. i still have to take care of them and while our our engaged connecticut has multiple planners and designers we're still you know when you're ordering like i said 22 church pews We've had to go get a truck. Our truck is big, but not for 22 church yeah. views. There's things that we can't have refunded back to us. And so those costs, unfortunately, do get passed along. And that happens with a lot of vendors. Yep. A lot of vendors are in exactly the same uh, situation. Uh, photographers uh, have to hire assistants too. And again, it's, their date is their, their inventory. I know my photo booth guy. Um, we have two assistants. Mm -hmm. They have to be booked months in advance. We can't just the week before, you know, beg somebody to come and run a photo booth because it needs specialized people who know what to do. And then my musicians, if you pick a, a, a duo, trio mm -hmm. or quartet, those three, two, three, four people mm -hmm. have to practice beforehand yes. to get the music. Especially that if you... they're learning something new or changing a song for yeah, Absolutely. So those people have to be booked. And that's why that 90-day clause in my situation works perfectly for me because once 90 days comes all my people mm -hmm. i start locking them in permanently now when you book with me i actually lock my musicians in right away right away and then once the 90 days comes along that's when we re again reevaluate okay well one of the other things um that is in one of my contracts when you're having 
I guess it actually is year-round. It used to just be during winter time, but I have a weather clause in my contract. Yeah. As a planner, first of all, I'm not responsible for the weather. Yep. I feel like it's a really silly statement that I have to make, but I do. But I also have like a safety issue. If the we're going to be hit with a blizzard, yep. I give my couples that option that they understand that if the, it's looking like the state is going to be closed down, but yep. everybody's at the same hotel. They may have to pay for my staff to be at the hotel the night before, yep. or they may have to pay for us to stay after. Yep. Um, same thing if it's like a hurricane or something along those lines. Yep. Um, and that's really, first of all, to ensure that your event is working well and is going to be successful, but it's also to protect us because I'm not going to jeopardize any of my staff driving through a blizzard. Plus, if the roads are closed, we legally can't. Uh, absolutely. Then you have the, the, the issue of the uh, venue losing power. Mm -hmm. You're not responsible for, uh, for those not. things. <laughs> so uh, again, that's what I have in my contract, that we're not responsible for other vendors yes. um, uh, doing things that we're not going to be uh, negligent for. And we try when things do go a little wrong, we do our best to be as helpful as possible. We try to help all these other vendors out if something goes, because accidents do happen sometimes. But at the same time, you know, we we pride ourselves on making sure that everything is planned really as well as it can be and making sure that everything's successful. I, I will say that the, in Connecticut anyway, the vendors really come together. Mm -hmm. I know there's there was a fire at a certain facility, then another facility closed down. Uh, and on, on Facebook, it was amazing to see all the vendors come together and recommend other facilities. Uh, and people were saying, hey, we're open. We understand once yep. you get your deposit back. You can pay us later. I mean, yep. everybody came to different agreements. You're yep. right. Connecticut is one of those great states for that. And one of my things in my contract that I have is I have a courtesy clause. What's that? That's new to me. <laughs> so a few years ago, actually many years ago now, um, I had a wedding where the mother of the bride and the bride didn't necessarily agree with what was happening that day. They had their own different ideas and it was a very difficult planning process. And mom was just a really aggressive person who really enjoyed yelling and screaming at people oh, and wow. swearing at people. And so we finally, you know, when you have an intern, you know, sometimes they're like a cute 21 year old and it they can be a little bit overwhelming to have somebody coming at you, screaming and yelling at you or grabbing you. They don't understand. It. Um, yep. And so we do have that written in there. And a lot of times I have to explain it. And it's just a, hey, we have the right to sort of exit ourselves out of a situation um, that becomes scary. You know, if we're going to shut down the bar and people start to yell and scream at us, we, you know, we we're going to say, well, we are really shutting down the bar. And now everybody has to like move away from us. And it's I mean, I've had to explain it a few times, but it's really there. And it's the same thing. Like my staff can't come. I can't go yelling and screaming and swearing at Absolutely anybody. Absolutely not. So it's just one of those things to, you know, when you're reading through one. Well, I never knew that's what it's, it's called, but I, I have something like that in, in my contract too, that if anybody becomes abusive or verbally abusive mm -hmm. to me, which has happened, <laughs> literally everything in my contract I've told my lawyer about, they've added it yep. in. I, I'm, I'm allowed to finish the event if I feel threatened. Yes. And that's for my safety. I, I'm not going to go out and get uh, shot, killed, or beaten up uh, because of a guest yes. uh, uh, saying or doing something. It's not going to happen. We've had to have guests removed before. I mean, it's not a pleasant thing. But at that point, if it's the safety of everybody else who's there, yep. um, it is important. One of the other things that we are adding in this year is the like a surprise clause. Surprise. And there, I don't know if that's the actual, I'm waiting to see if this is the legal term of it, but it is the thing that we were talking about of who gets to make changes within your contract. Sometimes moms want to gift you something, but 
bride and groom may not know about it and it may change the timeline and you don't really want to catch somebody off guard right but it's one of these things that's really careful and it's one of the things i always say is ultimately who gets to make final decision and if there was a surprise would you like me to tell you about it tell you about the surprise and usually in that conversation once again communication we'll know right away whether or not we have People who like to be surprised and yeah. not be surprised right. or something that's their concern or their trigger. So it, we've been working with all of the wording, trying to make sure that we're doing it correctly. But it is there to protect everybody who's there. Right. Because you don't want aunt somebody or another uh, doing something on the day of your wedding. That yeah. You, all of a sudden, I don't know, hiring karaoke <laughs> and then the end of your night is everybody singing and you, you don't like that. Absolutely. That can really be something that throws you off for the day. Uh, one of the other things that I think about when it comes to contracts is writing in who you're working with that day. I'm just going to bring that up. <laughs> well, oh. that's because it's usually always you. <laughs> yes, but you should have on the contract, if you're hiring an individual, that individual's name should be there. So on my contract, it says DJ, and it has my name, and it has my phone number. Okay. So it's very specific. So if you're hiring a photographer and you want that specific photographer... Make sure that specific photographer's name is on the contract. And this is mostly important for places that offer multiple multiple services yeah. and you're getting things. Like with us, typically you will know who your planner is because you've picked them and you have a connection. You may not know who their assistant and their intern is, but they're not. You're going to be right. your main contact anyways. Yeah, the primary. Um, the primary. But I always make sure when couples are booking their transportation, I want to know who the driver is. I need that information. I ask for that to be put on the contract with yep. their cell phone number yep. because I have have to reach them um but this is what when you're looking at a big company that's offering somebody who does photography and somebody who does music and who also might do flowers you want to make sure that the person who's coming to do your photography is not also right the person who usually only does florists because they are flowers because they ran out of people right now i have a question uh, for you contracts there was uh, on a discussion group that i belong to the DJ was asked by the event planner for his contract, and he didn't want to give it up. Now, I work with you all the time. I always send you my contract anyway, but there was some legalities on whether the vendors are supposed to show their contracts to other vendors without the bride and groom's permission. So one of the things that we do, I've run into that before where I've had a photographer who says I'm not comfortable sharing all of the things. So what I ask for is a contract that is sort of amended, that shows me that we are all on the same page, um, that we're agreeing to this is the time frame, this is where we're going to be, this is the a part of the day, this is what they're agreeing to bring. I would say 99.99% of my clients actually have me read all the contracts through because that's what I'm being hired for. Um, but I do understand some, if you're not working in a state where you work with the same people all the time, you may be uncomfortable because you've spent a lot of money as a vendor, Absolutely. you know, putting this contract together. So I typically try to say, okay, then I just least, at least need to make sure that all of the things that are important are being covered. Yep. And that's a conversation that I'm having with the couple and I'm having with the vendor, yep. you know, to each their own, I guess. Yeah, I, I have no problems it's just a, an unusual situation uh, that I read about that uh, other DJs don't like sharing their, their contracts. But And it might be a financial part. And I can yeah. say to somebody, if you don't want to share what you're financially paying for them, that's fine. That's fine. To blank it out. Blank that part out. Yeah. You can totally just take a Sharpie over yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I do need to see you know, what your 
exit plan is, what time you're going to be there, what we've agreed to, if you're providing lighting, how much lighting, if you're a caterer, how much staff you're bringing. Right. But but to to be honest, the bride can just walk over to you with the contract that she signed and show it to you. She does. So (laughs) really, that's why I was wondering why there was so much uh, uh, hoopla about it with other But it might be something that the DJ didn't trust the venue that they were working at or something along those lines. Absolutely. Ultimately, I think the biggest lesson is to be read everything, ask questions. If you don't like the wording of it, just understand that sometimes that wording is legally wording and we can always write a clarification next to it so that we're all on the same page and to communicate with your vendors. Absolutely. So so I appreciate everybody listening today. Remember, you can download us off of iTunes and Google Play and I look forward to joining you guys next week. And uh, Sam, you want to close us out here? Yes. Don't forget to, to get our eight questions you must ask a wedding professional before booking them. Our special report is available free. Learn to shop like a pro from a pro, and you can get it right from our website. And today's show is brought to you by the law firm of Law, Ball, and Cheatham. Goodbye, Sam. The Engaged and Inspired podcast is copyright and produced by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut.